What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The data pointed to the fact that, you know, lower income families are more likely to divorce. Black people over-index and being in a lower income bracket. But the headlines then said, there's a black marriage crisis. Black people aren't staying married. So we're all going, well, I'm black. I'm not going to be able to stay married. You know what I mean? Like, sure, everyone doesn't internalize it that way. But when you see those headlines over and over again, written in different ways, but it's all black, 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 then you start to internalize it. So if I continue to say that black women are not being chosen, you know, black women are being swiped past on Tinder. Yep. Educated black women, you know, they have it harder mm-hmm. when dating and they are less likely to be chosen. And all those things that you're, you know, that you were seeing in the headlines, you begin to believe like 100%. that's your reality. Yep. Which is not the actual reality. Yep. It's the girl CEO show. Run it up. Always on the grind. You already know what's up. Everything from dating to life in the business. Covering it all like a boss. Come and get this. It's the girl CEO show. Hey, Girl CEOs, welcome to the Girl CEO podcast, the playground for female entrepreneurs. And I'm super excited about this episode. Why? Because we have someone here that is changing the game. But what I am so excited about is the fact that she's also changing the narrative. Won't you introduce yourself? First of all, I like that. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I am the CEO of Black Love, which is a media company that celebrates and affirms the black community through the lens of love 365 days a year. Um, And we also created the Black Love docuseries, which aired on OWN for six years. Yes. I love that show. Thank Um, you. I think right now we see so much negativity around relationships Mm -hmm. and, and marriages But no one really talks about what it takes to keep a healthy marriage, Mm -hmm. keep a healthy relationship, but also encourage people to stick through it and and stay in it. Yeah. Um, What made you get this thing going? I will say when you say like right now we see so much negativity, I feel like it was so much worse, right? 10 years ago. And I say that because there was this media portrayal of a black marriage crisis. So take what we're seeing now and add that the news was literally saying like black people aren't staying married as long as everyone else and aren't getting married as often. 
And at that time, we were also seeing um, news stories around like the dating apps and how black women are the least desirable. And this is like statistically speaking. And we're seeing headlines with this information. And so between that data that was frankly warped, I can talk about that for a while too, but um, it was also just the headlines themselves were damaging right? Whether we read the articles or not, we're seeing black women are being swiped left on more on the dating apps. And it's like, oh, well then what, what am I doing? What's the point? Um, and for me as a child of divorce, my parents are divorced. People say you're more likely to get divorced. Seeing those headlines and being in my twenties. Also, the more degrees a black woman has, the less likely she is to get married. Being in my twenties in grad school, reading this type of stuff. And so that's what made me want to to create a place where black love stories live because I knew they existed. I think at that same time, this goes back a ways. I was also seeing um, the Obamas coming into office. I always say the two of them, right? It wasn't just him that won, it was, it was them. We voted for the family. Yes, um, we did. Yeah, exactly. And so while we're seeing that and we're all going, black love, it's so beautiful. I was like, man, just to have the example visible feels good and it reminds us of what's possible and it makes it attainable. Just the same way that it was like, you see a black man become president, little boys and girls that look like him now know that it's possible <laughs> yeah. for them. It was exactly the same. And so all I knew was that I wanted to create a place where black love stories live. I thought about a doc, I thought about a coffee table book, but it was many years before I actually turned that into anything. Yeah, so how did you just get to a point where you're like, I'm doing this. Yeah. Did you sit down one day and w tell me what that looked like? Sure. And I'll, and you know, you can always stop me if I'm saying too much because I don't want to drag. But for me, it was quite the journey because when I first had the idea, this was 2008. Documentaries in my mind were boring and docu-series weren't really a thing. Okay. So my first idea was a coffee table book and I jumped into that and I started doing interviews with couples that um, my cousin knew in Chicago, Chicago, the land of black love. I don't know. It, it was though. And so we started interviewing people and taking photos and um, with that being the approach and, you know, twists and turns in my own life. My dad got sick. I stopped focusing on some of the things that I was really passionate about. Um, but I believe a lot of things are full circle. And so fast forward to 2013, um, many years. And so that's why I say, we can always go back if you want to, but I met my husband at the Toronto Film Festival. Um, and he's a cinematographer, writer, director, producer, does the most, but does it with excellence. <laughs> um, I didn't know that then. I was like, ah, you, you're doing too much for me. But um, we, started, we, we started dating pretty much immediately. And I told him about the idea. I just, I just want to create a place where black love stories live. And I thought about a doc, but I don't know if it's like the right thing. And he was like, let's just do it. Let's go. So we met fall 2013 and we were shooting by fall 2014. Wow. So he was, because <laughs> this is important, yeah. right? When you meet someone, having someone who believes in your vision, mm -hmm. but not just believes in it, someone who is going to push you and challenge you to yeah. follow through. Girl. How how was that <laughs> dating someone who was already in the industry yeah. that you desired to break into? Um, well, my background was uh, film and TV. I, I went to grad school for film producing. Okay. And so I was working at a studio for a while, and then I was working for a film festival. And by the time that I met him, I was um, 
actually doing PR for Canon, which was, uh, you know, it's a camera company, but they had a line of cinema cameras. So that's actually how I met him. Okay. And so for him to push me in that way <laughs> was really, it was great at first, right? We what did it look like? Um, <laughs> the, so the immediacy of like him being like, let's do it, is because he's a producer. Mm-hmm. So the producer in him was like, I see how we can get this done. The cinematographer in him was like, I can shoot it. Right. And I'm very technical and I can do all the things. Um, and he that's just the way his mind works is like, if I can do it, I'm going to do it. I'm much more risk averse. So at this point, you're at that time boyfriend mm-hmm. who is now your husband. He's like, let's do it. Let's make it happen. I can film it. Yeah. He 100 percent believes in you. And what is the accountability behind mm-hmm. that look like? Um, I mean, at that time. A lot was happening, right? We were dating. Okay. And first I'm like, do I even want to work with this person? What if we really like each other, but this is a, you know, the working relationship is problematic, right? So there was a lot to it, but I knew that, you know, black love was an idea that I had had for many years at that point. And a, a doc was always in the back of my mind. It just felt like I didn't, I didn't come to LA to make documentaries. Like this is not, I'm not supposed to be doing this. Um, and so I talked myself out of it, but it was also now meeting him and having, um, our combined skill set, right. And our ability to really tell this story in a, in an authentic way, authentic being talking to couples as opposed to a scripted approach, which could still be authentic, but I mean, truly getting the, the stories, the experiences, the lessons straight from them. So, um, let's say right away we started probably applying for grants. We, as I mentioned, I worked for Canon and my job was to give camera loans to cinematographers and directors. So I convinced them to give a camera loan to Tommy. Um, Yep, which was pretty easy. But by January, they said, okay. So we met in September, 2013. By January, they said, great, okay, let's do it. And uh, that September, I quit my job. Oh, wow. Yeah. So let's talk about that Mm -hmm. because, you know, right now on social media, we are in the fire your balls, (laughs) quit your job, like era. Yeah. Who is we? (laughs) Beyonce and them? (laughs) Everyone is like, fire your balls, quit your job. And I'm just one of those people where I'm like, have stability, Mm -hmm. you know, have something that's solid. What would you say now Mm -hmm. to people who are like, I'm quitting my job tomorrow and I'm going for this full time? Um... It's a big question for two reasons. One, like I said, I'm risk averse. And so there's a lot of preparation that has to happen in my mind. So I would certainly, you know, anyone I care about kind of give the the preparation speech. Like, what are you doing to prepare yourself for that moment? And that could mean for a lot of people, that's just like making sure they have some money and some savings. For other people, it's taking steps like a course or networking or whatever. But what are you doing to prepare for that moment? Which is what I needed to do. Did it need to take, you know, nine months to a year like it did? I don't know. But that's what was important to me at the time. And by the time I actually quit... My husband and I were going into producing a movie together. Wow. So for me, it was like, okay, I can, I can jump into that. Um, but the other side of it is that I'm also a business owner. So when I see the uh, social media, you know, excitement around like quit your boss, quit your job, you know, pursue your dreams. Um, I am absolutely in favor of people pursuing their dreams. But I do cringe a little bit when I see that on social media in particular, because it's often romanticized and glamorized how you can go do whatever it is on your own. And um, I think that people really have to know what they're getting into 
and also recognize that um, every business is not some huge business that doesn't value you. Yeah. And and also that big businesses automatically doesn't, I'm not trying to say that all big businesses um, should have that rep, but big or small, there is a social media rep right now around just like businesses don't care about you. And that's not always the case. So that's the part that I bump against. Yeah. Did you all face any challenges throughout that time of, you know, how were, how was the income coming in after you yeah. quit your job? What were some of the things that you all personally faced during that season? Sure. So we, um, let's see, we met September 2013. We were engaged by March 2014. Oh, wow. He and was then serious. He was very serious about all things. All right, girl, see <laughs> When he's serious, he's serious. <laughs> Facts. And by September 2014, we were filming Black Love. We were also shooting a, a movie. Um, and again, filming and funding Black Love. So one in over the course of one year. So what did we face when we, so in that summer, 2014, he produced a studio film. So that yields a good amount of money. In hindsight, right? It's like, oh, we know how to do that differently and, you know, make more. But at that time it was like, woo, we'll be okay for a little bit. But we were also having conversations around both his income from that film, my income from still having a job for that whole year, um, and what to do with it, right? I was a, we got to save person. He was a, we've got to invest in ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that gets interesting. So there was a, there was a fight. <laughs> there yeah. was a come to Jesus. But there was also, um, for me, a, I'm going to trust you. I, would, I did not feel like I had the answer in either direction. I saw the pros and cons of both, and I'm like, this is my man, so I'm going to trust you. At that time, we had nothing to, to lose okay. besides me sort of sacrificing a little bit of fear, right? Um, and so it was like, if we, if we fail, we're still young. We're 29 at that point. We didn't have kids or anything. So that's really how I approached it. But ultimately, his approach to me in hindsight, was the right one. Invest in ourselves, option books and scripts and things that we can make. Um, invest in Black Love, the, the filming of Black Love. We had the camera equipment for free. Eventually we got a grant, but also we had to do all this traveling and, and stuff to do these interviews. So we invested in ourselves that first year. And you all took the leap. Absolutely. So you all, you kind of pitched it to different networks. Were you ever turned down? Ooh, fast process? forward, child. Hold on now. <laughs> so first it was the grants. We okay. applied for a lot of grants. We got one. We were turned down a lot. And that was part of why we just kept shooting because we were like, for me, it was like, they don't get it. Because what we were getting was, so it's just couples like talking to each other. Like, that's, all, that's it. And for me and my husband, it was like, Yes. Black people don't get to see ourselves in happy, loving relationships, in entertainment and in the media. And so this was a way to show the other side, both the, the beauty in Black love, but also the reality and what it takes to make a marriage work. Um, and we've never, we've never seen it before. Yeah. So I knew that, I don't want to say that it would work. I was confident that it would work. I was confident that the naysayers in the industry that didn't give us grants were wrong. And so we just kept shooting it. That said, that was 2014. We kept shooting it through 2016, 2016. And then we created a, um, a package, right? We did a presentation of the first episode, a sizzle for the first season, and a very detailed treatment for the first season. And we went out to networks with that. 
and also with us planning to own it because we had more leverage at that point. Here's the whole daggum show. You either want it or you don't. And so that's how we approached it. And that was also pivoting from uh, documentary to docu-series at a certain point. But yeah, so we went out to networks with that entire package. And in that case, there were plenty of them that were excited about it. And OWN was just the best partner. Really? So you decided to go OWN. What made you all say yes to OWN? Um, OWN was always my first choice. Okay. Period. Um, So you ended up with your first choice. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like Oprah is synonymous with um, love and human connection. And I feel like the audience for on own and the audience that follows her would get this. And yeah. so that literally was my thinking even before this was ever a docu-series. And so once we went out with it and there was like a certain number of networks that were really excited about it, that was obvious. They were obvious. And they allowed us to retain the ownership of it. Oh, okay. So let's talk about that mm-hmm. because there are so many people that don't understand that yeah. that is an option. How has that yeah. changed now? And what would you say to yeah. people who are out here pitching, you know, potential series and shows about retaining the ownership? Yeah. Um, I would say a lot because I think that um, there's a lot of sacrifice involved in that. And so it's not for everyone, right? You, you're going to make less money because licensing it, any network, any distributor is going to pay you less. Um, and so being aware of the pros and cons of it going into it is really important. It was also something where us owning it allowed us to, um, we are able to put it on other streamers now because we own it. We're able to build a brand around it, do live events, have robust socials. And, you know, there's so much we're able to leverage from our ownership of that series that like every show, every movie doesn't yield that. So there's not always the same upside for every project, but people hear the word ownership and they're like, yeah, I want that. Um, Also, a lot of the streamers have hard and fast rules against it. So if you're going to fight for it, like let there be a reason. Um, and understand the pros and the cons, that you will make less upfront um, for a longer term reward. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the process of Mm -hmm. licensing and just maintaining your ownership. Mm -hmm. Um, What does that look like? um, And what are the pros and cons of doing it? Yeah. Um, I mean, so this is specific to, you know, TV, films different, like, uh, so just keeping that in mind, right? It's not apples to apples, depending on what it is people's businesses. But, you know, in television, it's it's something that you have to bring up as soon as you're talking about a project. You have to be realistic about what that distributor, streamer, et cetera, is going to do. As I mentioned, there are some that just will not do it at all. It does not matter how big the celebrity is. It does not matter what you come to the table with. Um, And then I would say the other thing is to understand leverage, right? Leverage meaning we came to the table with a whole show. Like we had already done all the interviews. We weren't asking them to pay for it. We were asking them to to share it on on the network, right? Um, Which comes with them, you know, they are leveraging their sales and um, their advertising and stuff like that. So all of that said, what it meant for us is that we are taking a hit in terms of how much they're going to give us to air the show versus if they owned it. Um, And they were amenable to it. We brought it up early. The same was with one of the other competitors that wanted the show and they weren't willing to license it. They wanted Uh to own it. Um, And so also thinking about it that way. So if a network owns it, then they're able to do whatever they want. They can put it on YouTube. They can um, put it on other streaming partners that they have. In our case, because we own the show, we are able to 
air it on own. We're able to air it on the Black Love Plus app. We're able to air it on Discovery Plus, Hulu, etc. Um, and we see all of that upside as opposed to them taking that away. So let's talk a little bit about that because a lot of people mm-hmm. think that Black Love is just a show. And you have built sure. an yeah. entire brand yeah. around Black Love. Let's talk a little bit about what that brand actually consists of sure. outside of the show. Yeah. Okay. So we have year-round live and virtual events. We have really robust social channels um, where we focus on all of our pillars. Black Love, the docuseries, is about marriage and romantic love, right? But we want to talk about self-love and dating. We want to talk about parenthood, sisterhood, brotherhood, love of community, Um, and so we do all of that through our social channels, our OTT app called the Black Love Plus app, where we have tons of other digital series in addition to every season of Black Love docuseries. Um, and then we also have a podcast network with eight podcasts. I never knew that. (laughs) So when did you all launch the podcast network? The podcast network launched in 2021. I think it was February, 2021. And we launched probably with four shows maybe five I can't remember and then we added three more uh last year yeah through the process of building all of this stuff you know yeah. you're a black woman you are trying to do it all you mm-hmm. know you are one of those people where you're like always working and you're challenging yourself to turn it off yes um what are what was one of the biggest obstacles you faced along the way oh child um so we finished, we, we presented the show to networks in 2016, around September 2016. October 2016, we had our first child. Uh, um, that was challenge number one, but, <laughs> and not just challenge, that was one of those like, yes, we've got a baby, we've got a show, like all of this like beauty, right? But the reality was after having him October 4th, I had to start working five weeks later to deliver the show. the first season of the show to own by um, January of that, of the next year. So interesting challenge, but again, yay, all these blessings, right? So that's 2016, 2017, August, the show finally airs. It was going to be February, but they pushed it because they wanted to do, you know, more, put more attention behind it. Show airs August, 2017, Uh, 2018. I'm pregnant with twins. We do a motherly love special in May. I actually found out it was twins the day that aired. Um, We had the first annual, first ever Black Love Summit, October 2018, right in the middle of season two of Black Love. We launched blacklove.com around that same time, October 2018, and I had twins November 2018. Well, at least there was no shortage of love happening. There was no shortage of love. (laughs) Well, you know, but add to that that we worked together. So there was a lot of stress, too, through all of that. Well, y'all were relieving a lot of stress. (laughs) 2018 is a whole nother show, okay? It's a whole nother episode. But so we had twins in November 2018. I started working three weeks after that so that we could finish season three of Black Love. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I say that to say the biggest obstacle for me has been juggling all of these hats and not just hats as you know how pregnancy and motherhood changes everything it does changes the way you look at the world changes the way you wake up in the morning change you know changes your responsibilities throughout the day i mean huge life changes half of which you don't even understand right we're talking about hormones too where you don't even know what you want from day to day yeah um huge life changes while trying to maintain the consistency of the show, grow the brand, manage people, um, and and learn on the job. 
I went to school. I went. I got a graduate degree in film producing, not TV directing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So now I'm directing a show. I'm uh, CEOing. Like it's just, it's a lot. And these are things that um, I just had to learn on the go. Even motherhood. You know what I'm saying? All of that at the same time has been the biggest challenge for me. What Ooh. was your outlet with all of this stuff? I mean, outside yeah. of okay, let's go on a vacation. Like, how did you Who get can your... do that when you got three kids yeah. <laughs> under three? Who's watching and a, all three and two kids businesses. at one time? Meanwhile, yeah. my husband's running another business at the same time, that part. And our family doesn't live in LA. I'm just, I'm just out here complaining, y'all. I'm sorry. But no, it was, it was stressful. But I, people need to know this, yeah, right? Yes. Because no one knows what the behind the scenes looks like. Yeah. They see the family pictures. Yes. They see the shows dropping. They see the network launching. They see yeah. the events. But they have no clue yeah. as to what the behind the scenes looks like. So yeah. how did you stay sane? Sometimes I wasn't. I try to be very transparent that like, um, I, I know this phrase now, but I didn't then. You can have it all, but you can't do it all. And so I, I think I kept trying to hold myself to this standard of like, people do this every day. Like people have kids and jobs and you know, my mom was, both my parents were entrepreneurs. Um, so I, I, sometimes I wasn't saying. My outlet, I, I think overall has been really good friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am a therapy fan, but I think for those first three years, I wasn't in therapy. I wasn't in therapy till the pandemic, um, when it was like, chat, <laughs> this is not going to work. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be able to do all of all this day. and yeah. be in the same house with everyone all the time. So I would say really good friendships and therapy ultimately have been my saving grace. Finding, making sure that I am being transparent and not trying to put on a, a brave face, you know, um, when I'm, when I'm having a hard time, if, if I put more pressure on myself to try to look like I had it all together all the time, that would, I, I can't even imagine where I would be. Because one thing I notice about us, especially black women mm-hmm. is that we can act like things are all together. Like we have it <laughs> together. Yeah. The makeup will be done. Yeah. Like the outfit will be on, the yes. hair will be laid. The smile will be smiling. Yes. And deep down inside, we are falling apart. Yes. And I can do that in short spurts, but I recognize fully how damaging that is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I do make it a, a habit and a practice to take opportunities to be, you know, transparent about both my journey and just about like, we can't live like that. Yeah. yeah. You said something that really stood out to me. And I, and I work really hard to try to make people think, like, this is a normal thing. This yeah. is okay. It's yeah. a safe thing to do. But you said you decided to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we hear therapy, we're thinking squeaky slippers. <laughs> you know, this is for people who aren't wrapped too tight. No, no. And we have to change that. 100%. We have to change that narrative. Yeah. Like, I feel like we all need some level of therapy. How has therapy impacted your energy, your mood, yeah. your patience level. Oh, in stuff. every way. I mean, for at the, at the most basic level, it gives me an opportunity to say out loud things that I'm like keeping in my head, right? Frustrations that I have, you know, because sometimes we think like if we complain or if we, you know, you kind of want to go off on somebody, but you know, you, that's not going to help. So you kind of keep it in. It might help a little bit, but <laughs> sometimes it helps and sometimes it doesn't. Right. Um, but therapy has allowed me to get all of that out and then understand it. Sometimes I don't even know how I feel until I've shouted it out to somebody who can be like, okay, I hear you. 
And so that has been a, a really big gift for me and giving me the tool sometimes to communicate, A, to communicate t- calmly to someone else what my frustration is, and B, sometimes to just see. I might say to my therapist, well, this happened and then this happened and then this happened and this happened. And she's like, that's, that's a lot of things. Yeah. And, and you need to recognize both, you know, give yourself grace or give yourself a pat on the back for this or recognize that this sends you down a downward spiral. And so you're not appreciating that because of it, you know. And so it's really helpful to just get clarity um, where sometimes my head is just spinning or my emotions are all over the place. And I feel like I have to keep it together for my children or for an event or, you know, or for my team. Because that's a, that's a place where it's the hardest is like trying to lead people. For sure. Especially for me where my business is like love and mental health and wellness. Like I look at Black Love as a lifestyle brand. We talk about ways for Black people to thrive in relationships, all relationships, not just, you know, your relationships with your partner, but those relationships stem from the relationship you have with yourself and from the the relationships that you saw or experienced growing up. Those are the things that we're taking into our romantic relationships. And so since my business is so relationship focused and self-awareness focused, I often feel like, well, I can't crack right now. I've got to. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A lead. I've got it. And that's been really challenging for me. Yeah. And another thing that you said in the beginning was that there was this narrative, right? Mm-hmm. All of these, um, you know, these these press releases online mm-hmm. saying that, you know, black people are, aren't getting swiped on yeah. or black women, you know, they are being looked over. Yeah. Or if you have a certain amount of degrees, you're less likely to be dated. Do you personally feel like there's an agenda behind mm-hmm. those headlines? Um, thankfully, we don't see them as much anymore. So I won't I can't say it like in the present tense at that time, for sure. Not just an agenda, but just a lack of care. Yeah. These, these, these headlines were based in data that ultimately, for example, you know, black people, there's a black marriage crisis, right? Black people are getting divorced or not getting married or whatever. 
Hey girl CLs, this episode is brought to you by Holistic, your number one beauty and wellness brand for women who prioritize self-care, want it all, and prefer it deliver. Shop now at www.shopholistic.com. And if this is your first purchase, use code SELFCARE to get 15% off. The data pointed to the fact that, you know, lower income families are more likely to divorce. Black people over-index and being in a lower income bracket. But the headlines then said, there's a black marriage crisis, black people aren't staying married. So we're all going, well, I'm black. I'm not gonna be able to stay married, you know what I mean? Like, sure, everyone doesn't internalize it that way. But when you see those headlines over and over again, written in different ways, but it's all black, 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 then you start to internalize it. You start to feel like, oh, just because of my melanin, I can't stay married, okay. Um, and so that to me definitely plays into our mental health. Yeah. And especially as black women, right, um, often desiring partnership and families, it, it just is very damaging. And let's be honest, the more you see something, the more you be start to believe it. Yes. So yes. if I continue to say that black women are not being chosen, yep. you know, black women are being swiped past on Tinder. Yep. Educated black women, you know, they have it harder mm -hmm. when dating and they are less likely to be chosen. And all those things that you're, you know, that you were seeing in the headlines, you begin to believe like 100%. that's your reality. Yep. Which is not the actual reality. Yep. So we have to make sure that we understand what's reality and what's, you know, what media is attempting to feed mm -hmm. us. And you all did exactly that. You were like, hold up, we about to bust some <laughs> myths. Yeah. Like, let's get these couples together and we're going to share stories. And one of the things that I love about Black Love is the stories are so transparent. It's like stuff that you look at your spouse and be like, all right, be good in front of company. <laughs> <laughs> Except not today. Cody's here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, play nice in front of company. Yeah. But on your show, you all talk about the good, the bad the ugly, yeah. the emotional, the times where people were about to call it quit. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that and why yeah. you wanted to include Absolutely. those things in um, the show. I, I, in my mind, Black Love docuseries was me sitting down and saying, tell me the worst things that happened in a marriage and then how you got through it. Yeah. All that mattered to me was how do you get through it? That doesn't mean that everybody's supposed to get through everything. But if I'm looking at two people who are happy where they are right now and they can point to times where they were challenged or they thought they wouldn't make it and say, well, this is what we did to get through that. To me, that was that would help people. That would help me. My parents, like I said, were divorced. So I there was a big question in my mind because I didn't see that coming. There was a big question in my mind like, how do you make it work? you know? And so I wanted people to answer that for me. And so, you know, we got a rap for, for sharing struggle love, but to me, some of those really crazy stories in some cases, or, or the heavier stories, or, or even stories of like infidelity, is infidelity some people's deal breaker and not others? Yes, right? What I hoped to do was a couple of things. One, show a variety of stories, um, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and back to good, right? hoping that we would start judging each other less. Mm. It's hard enough to find the person you want to spend the rest of your life with. Why are we always judging each other for who that is, for who you chose? You yeah. know what I mean? And so um, it was important for me to share the heavy stuff and then what did you do to get back in good graces? 
Um, and, and to hear both sides, right? Both people have to be like, well, I apologized a lot. And the other one's like, well, I you know, went off on him a lot or whatever until we got to the place where we could talk through it or until we got to the place where we realized that true forgiveness wasn't you know, going off on each other, whatever. But I felt like it was important. I felt like one of the things I learned in having those conversations with couples, especially the stuff that folks call struggle love, right? The, the infidelity and, and drama was like, those people were often broken going into the marriage. Many of us are. We hope not to be. We hope to do the work and prepare, and, you know, but a lot of us are broken. Because you're getting the representative a lot of the time in the beginning. Yeah. And then people's issues and, sure. and trauma 100%. and family, yep. it comes out over time. Yep. And if we can recognize like that folks have work to do, both ourselves and the other person, we can recognize that sometimes people are going to make really big mistakes. Yeah. And they're either going to make up for that, like learn from it, do better, have a better life and marriage, or they're not. And so my hope was to show people who recognized their brokenness, recognized how it hurt their partner or their relationship, and then did better. And and now they're healthy. Now the relationship is healthy. Let me put it that way. Because I feel like a lot of us can relate to that. Was there one couple that stood out to you the most? In terms of? The show. Like this the is whole one, show? Yeah, like one that I just, most memorable. <clears throat> no, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I always say no because. Top three. Top three. I'll do my best. Um, but I had to really like sort of fall in love with every couple, right? I okay. had to like, everybody's challenge interested me because I'm like, this is going to help somebody. Yeah. So I will say there's two that stand out to me because of a season of my life when I interviewed them. There's so many. I mean, I love so many of our couples. Um, and many of them are our friends, were our friends before, and many of them are new friends since, right? But when I, when we had the twins in 2018, 2018, like I said, was quite a year. Um, had them in November, and three weeks later, in one day, we interviewed, because we used to do two to three interviews a day. We interviewed um, Kev on stage and Michelle, of uh, Michelle, Lord. We interviewed Kevin Fredericks and Melissa Fredericks. Okay. Um, and we interviewed Dondre and Sally Whitfield in the same day. Lord, that was a long day. <laughs> and um, it was, I'm like, they don't even live near each other. But um, that was an interesting day because like I said, I was three weeks off of having twins. I didn't want to be working, but I was very excited about them, you know, about learning from them. And one of the biggest lessons from Melissa and Kev was their journey through him being more vulnerable. That was mm -hmm. a big deal for her. Um, her parents got divorced when she was in her 20s. So she was definitely like... Well, dang, if, if, it, if you can be married 20 plus years and then get divorced, like, what are we doing? Yeah. And so it was really important to her that she and Kev foster, like, honest, real conversations, like, rooted in his vulnerability. She was giving up hers, you know, in her opinion, but he, she needed more from him. And them having those conversations, and that was very real for me and Tommy, at least for me. <laughs> I'm sure he was like, I'm good. It's fine. Um, but... I, I felt very seen in that conversation. Um, and similarly with Dondre and Sally, one of the specific things that was brought up in that interview was how her, the way her neuroses works as mine does as well is like, if I ask you to do something, like 
tell me, let me let me know that, that you got the message, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. When it's done, et cetera, et cetera. This is just a small thing in, in the grand scheme of their interview, but it stood out to me because that's an issue that we would have, right? Is like my husband and sometimes men in general are just kind of like, I got you. Like, why are you, why are you pressing me on the details? Yeah. Right. And I'm like, nah, the way my neuroses is set up, like I, I need you to like confirm my request. Yeah. I need you to like, let me know. I, date, I handled it. Yeah. yeah. I got it. Don't done. make me follow up. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make me be like, Hey, was this done or not? And so those, those things stood out to me, I think as a person who in that season was juggling a lot. And I needed somebody, I needed a man to help me communicate to him what I needed. Got it. Um, so those two stand out to me. But they're amazing. Those two in particular are amazing interviews overall. But those moments were big for me in that time. Yeah. And, and this takes us right to the, our next question. <laughs> you are running a business with your husband. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. And how do you all keep things separate so the lines don't get blurred when you're going home mm -hmm. to turn it off. So funny enough, around that time, and maybe it was 2019, it feels like it was 2018, but I, it's a blur. We had a conversation around like those lines, right? Like places where we were definitely butting heads because we were probably probably overlapping a lot. What were their places? Oh girl, I don't know. Like just just having different opinions on how to how to handle certain like team related issues or like um, you know, what should we do this? Should we do this app, right? The app, which we launched also in 2021. Should we do this? Should we do that? And it just felt like I'm running Black Love at that time. He was launching, he was creating a traditional TV film company called Confluential Films, which now is um, very much up and running. We had four films at Sundance this year. Um, but he was launching that company and still in the mix on Black Love, which he had every right to be, but we needed to create lines. We needed to really create um, differentiation. And so he decided at that time, or we decided that he would take more of a strategic approach and kind of, we would meet weekly as opposed to him being in the weeds on everything. I like that though. Yeah, it was very necessary. And frankly, I had read before we were married, I had read like people working together, uh, spouses working together. That's like the first thing they should do. So for us to not do that for like four years was crazy, but my advice to anyone else is like first create really clear lines because mm. um, otherwise you're going to do it four years later <laughs> full, the of, meetings, full of stress. Were they about the marriage and, and the business like or were they just about like business? Meetings? So they've evolved now, actually. Those meetings um, at that time were um, the intention and, the, and what we did was about the business. Right. It's like, OK, so what are what's ailing the business? How can we um, improve this or that or what new things do we need to implement? So that was the beginning of us drawing lines. It still, it still took a while to like really clearly divide. Um, and now we have weekly meetings that are both um, because it's not just, we, you know, we have three kids, there's a lot of logistics. Yeah. Um, so we, we have weekly meetings that are about both now. Because yeah, I just feel like, you know, we have yearly evaluations mm -hmm. at our jobs and mm -hmm. people are like, okay, this is the area you need to improve. And I feel like we need to have those same types yeah. of evaluations with our relationships. Girl. Like, are you good? Yeah. Are there some areas yeah. that I can improve in? You know, what areas am I thriving in mm -hmm. right now? Mm -hmm. You know, where am I dropping the ball? Yeah. You know, what's your love language? Has it changed? Because I feel like a lot changes yeah. and we don't check in with each other. So this is funny too, just to say why I can't say I have a favorite couple. 
because okay. every couple left me with something. And uh, Kel Mitchell and his wife, Asia Lee, they talk about that. They literally have check-ins annually. Oh, and wow. it started one day when she kind of blurted out some stuff that she was like, you know, I really didn't like when you did that. And I really want us to work on this. And he was like, whoa, like it was very it jarring for up. him. But then he was like, okay, this is helpful. And then they started doing it regularly. Yes. And I love that. Yeah. And I love that. So you all are now at a place where you have your app and, you know, yeah. have you all thought about doing like a dating Yes, definitely thought about it. Definitely thought about matchmaking. Definitely thought about a dating app. I'm really passionate about those things. Okay. I am very cautious because we have approached all things black love with, um, you know, vulnerability, transparency, and I never want it to become something where like your life is like from the black love lens, your life is based on an algorithm. You know what I mean? Or, Or we're not matching people with authentic intention. And I know that a lot of people will jump on apps or even matchmaking services and not have the right intentions. So I'm not ready to do it until I can figure out how to control for that. Yeah. And if you were to put something like that in place, what would be some of the prerequisites? Oh, for, for sure. There would be like a, an intake form, maybe a psych evaluation. <laughs> like I'm not even like maybe like a, a reference letter from an ex. I don't even know. But like those, that's where my mind goes. letter from an ex. That is very good. There's this app that I um, heard one of my friends talking about where like you have to like even earn a certain amount of income mm-hmm. to like get mm-hmm. on this app. Yeah. Um, it's like a dating app or something like that. So I see people getting extremely yeah. creative yeah. with like the matchmaking whole ordeal. And then you all also have like blogs and events. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, let's talk a little bit about where you want to take those things in the next five years. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I want us to be able to do more events. I want us to be able to have more touch points to our community because the reality is um, we bring that same, like, again, vulnerable, raw approach to our, all of our activities that we brought to the series. You know, people like the series just like, damn, I didn't expect all that. You know, I didn't expect such transparency. And the reality is when we've done the Black Love Summit, we're now in our, we'll be in our sixth year here in 23, this is 2023. Um, and when we have done our women's wellness retreat, the U retreat, we have another series called Father Noir that celebrates fatherhood. Um, we're adding a block party element to that this year. So whenever we are able to have community-based events, we're able to like, I think, dive deeper in person. Hmm. And I want to be able to do more of that. I want, um, that. that's, that's critical to me. Um, in addition to the fact that we need to be a household name. I feel like black love is celebrated in terms of romantic relationships, but we, our community and the public need to, like the general public need to recognize that black love is in all of us, right? It starts with the relationship and the love that we have for ourselves. Um, When for so long we have been told that our skin, our hair, our features make us different or unworthy or unlovable or whatever. And the reality is we should be like, screaming from the hilltops how much we love ourselves and each other um and our brand creates conversation and imagery around that and the the general population the the majority right looks at the term black love is like i don't understand why you need black love like love is love and it's like sure but when we've been told that we're less than it is important for us to celebrate ourselves. Yeah. It is important for us to pour into our 
babies from minute one how amazing they are so that, that when they show up in schools or whatever and somebody calls them out their name or tries to say something funny about the way that they look or their hair being different that they are like what yeah you crazy I'm amazing and beautiful and black and and that's what I want for all of us and so you know the critical thing for me is taking all of our activities um to a level where it clearly permeates society yeah. And when you said, you know, I am black, you know, you are a black woman, a producer, you are running this huge company, huge brand. What are some of the things that you personally face being a black woman in, mm-hmm. the, in a, such a male dominated industry? Yeah. I mean, you know, what's funny. I don't really have, I don't really have like as a black woman, this is where I struggle in my business type stories. I feel like, and maybe that's my own the place where I'm most confident, I feel like who I am, like my Cody personality and being a black woman, like actually helps black love thrive, the brand. Um, Because I grew up first off, like unapologetically black, whole family went to Howard, except for my sister who went to Hampton, um, which is fine. It just meant we have options, but (laughs) mine was Howard. Um, And, and, and my family understanding and instilling in us that our, our job, our do, my dad used to say like the degree is for the community. Mm. So to the extent that I can serve my community with my Howard University degree, that's what I'm here for. And so I grew up with that and the, the personality that I have and frankly being a woman and a black woman, I think lends itself to black love being the loving space that it is. And I'm learning to own that and recognize that. This you and I were talking a little earlier about me being me doing too much. Yes. Um because I am. We trying to get Kelly to relax. I know. After this, we're gonna you're gonna give me a session. You're gonna <laughs> teach me how to do less. Okay, you got more kids than me, and 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 I need all the tips. But um, I'm I'm trying to learn to lean into the superpower that is my my gifts and not be and, and I think that one of those is me being a black woman and what yeah. I bring to uh, my community my brand and how we show up is uniquely because of that I love it I love it all right well we have some hot seat questions okay you so if you had to choose one social media site to run your business on which one would it be Instagram. and why okay it would be Instagram Okay, why? Why? Maybe because I'm old school, but not Facebook old, but not TikTok young. <laughs> okay. Um, but I, I like Instagram. I'm very visual. I like photos and videos. I think it's fun and exciting. Um, I think all of them are annoying right now, to be honest with you. Okay. But Instagram is still the place where I go and enjoy um, like creating content there. Something you saw online this week mm-hmm. that caught your attention mm. or made you share it with a friend? Mm, so much. We had an event this past weekend. So first of all, I've been knee deep in our content. Okay. Um, but something I saw online this week, uh, um, Lord, there's so many memes coming to mind right give, now. Give us a good meme. Um, there was one I have to, I, you, I, can I look it up? Go ahead. Get your phone. If I can find it. Okay. There was one about like basically that my this the the meme was that my face doesn't hide how I feel right my face is always gonna tell how I feel how I feel and that cracked me up because I like I said I just said haha controlling my tongue is no problem it's my face that needs deliverance 
Oh, is is this face right? Yes. <laughs> so yes, I shared that a lot this week. I'll screenshot it so you can use it if you want to. I love that. All right. Um, favorite artist or music? Um, favorite artist right now? Because it like always changes. Are you a Beyonce girl? I'm definitely a Beyonce girl, but I feel like because I got three kids, I don't always get to like listen to stuff when I want yeah. to. So late. So it's like there's a season for that. And then it's Ridley Jones, which is a TV show for children. Um, so right now for me, my favorite artist is, I'm going to say Mickey Guyton. Okay. She is a black country singer. Oh. And she's my friend. But she's amazing. Her voice is incredible. And she's the bomb. You got to put me on. I've I never will. heard of her. I'm going to send it to you. Okay, yeah. She's I've amazing. I've never heard of her. If I can get a theme song on my Girl CEO episode, it needs to be Mickey Guyton. Okay. <laughs> Plug your friends. Plug your friends. Yeah. All right. Favorite podcast? Michelle Obama, The Light Podcast, right now. Wow. I have to check her podcast Please. Out. Yeah. It's so good. It's, it's really so good. Yeah. All right, Michelle, we, we, we got to <laughs> What is something that people may not know about you? Mm. Mm. Uh, what is something that people may not know about me? I feel like I'm so transparent, so I don't even begin to know how to answer that. But maybe something that... Um, uh, well, I'll say something that people definitely don't know about me. Um, that I'm very proud of. So I mentioned that my whole family went to Howard. My, there's a ton of doctors in my family. My family um, had my dad and his father, my grandfather and his uncle, my great uncle, had a practice uh, in Fort Worth, Texas, family practice physicians in Fort Worth, Texas. There was a time that there were six black doctors in Fort Worth, Texas, all with the last name Brooks, which is mm -hmm. my maiden name and my son's name, my oldest son's name. Um, and I'm really proud of that moment in time. That, that's how I grew up. And so my dad's saying, like, to the extent that my degree helps the community, that's what it's there for. They provided services to the city, of, to black people in Fort Worth for free at times or for, oh. or for food. You know, so people would bring them food. Um, and that is something I'm super proud of that people probably don't know. I love that. I, I absolutely love that. Um, favorite self-care practice? Hang out with my friends. Okay. And what would that look like though? Um, I mean, okay. <laughs> so I have a friend group right now. Well, I, I would say two distinct. So I have a podcast called The Mama's Den. Okay. With friends, uh, Felicia Latour, Melanie Fiona, and Ashley Chia. Ashley, who was actually on Black Love. And that, we meet every Tuesday and we record. That is like for sure self-care. Like it's work, but I check out and I'm just like, guys, yes. let's do this. And then the other friend group that I have, and all these people know each other, but because we have a name, um, it's called the Caviar Crew. Okay. I don't care about caviar, but one of the friends had never had it, and the other two were experts. And okay. so they decided we are going to go have caviar one day last year when they had actually just met. And um, from that moment on, we became the Caviar Crew, and um, now we probably have dinner once or twice a month. Okay, if not seeing it. each other a lot more than that, but it is definitely a moment for me because it's recent. I, I appreciate it even more because it was, it just started last year and now I can't live without them. I love it. What would you say to up and coming black women mm -hmm. in the film industry who are watching us today? Um, ooh, I mean, there's, I would say that find your tribe right? It can be really challenging and not just film, right? Like I would say running businesses, like 
all of it can be very isolating. Yeah. Um, and don't listen to negativity. Like from the standpoint of those headlines that we talked about earlier, from the standpoint of, you know, bad stats, right? Like you have to put into your mind positivity as much as possible because it's going to be challenging. Maybe that's why I have this rosy perspective when you're like, hey, isn't it hard being a black woman? And I'm like, eh, I'm having a great time. Um, <laughs> but you have to put into your mind, yeah. I can do this. I'm gonna focus on the things that you love and that you uniquely bring um, and, and, and you'll be fine. I love it. And what is your love language? Ooh, uh, my love language is acts of service. That's mine too. Yeah. <laughs> and I need a life. lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> Please do them for me. Yes. It's like yeah. take some of this weight off my shoulders. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think people realize how important that is. Like, yeah. do something for me. Like, yeah. make my life easier. Like, I, I live for that. I'm yeah. that kind of woman. It's like, ooh, yeah. you may, you shorten my day up six hours. Ooh, six? Yeah. yeah. Give me that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So, where yeah. did everyone find you? Um, I'm on Instagram, of course, at Cody Co, C-O-D-I-E-C-O. And then um, also Black Love, of course, is my brand. And I'm very much over there a lot. Um, And those would be the two places, I guess. And is there anything that our listeners should be looking forward to? So I would love for folks to support Black Love. Give you know. us the website. Give us Absolutely. the details. Well, blacklove.com, okay. <laughs> at Black Love on Instagram, at Black Love Inc. on TikTok. Um, we have a YouTube page that's also Black Love. Um, but we have, in June, we're celebrating Black Fathers. Um, we've, it'll be our third year. My husband takes portraits of um, celebs and their dads or celebs and their kids to just highlight the presence and beauty of Black Fathers. Um, and then we'll have the Black Love Summit in October and Black Love Honors in November. And I'm just super excited to consistently, um, on the daily, uplift our community through the lens of love. I love that. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Holly, like, you guys are changing the narrative. And watching the show just makes me feel all warm and bubbly inside. It's like, love is a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. So thanks again. Of course. Girlfios, thank you for tuning into this episode. Go get your boo, your bae. Get on the Black Love app. Go to the <laughs> summits. Find your person and live your best life. I'll see you guys on the inside. Bye. It's the Girl CEO Show. Run it up. Always on the grind, you already know what's up Everything from dating to life in the business Covering it all like a boss, come and get this It's the Girl CEO Show, yeah Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun Yeah, you get it Every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba.